So here's the thing. How do we negotiate value over price in the mind of the clients, especially in today's day and age? Because let's face it, everybody's looking at costs. Welcome to the HPLS podcast. Live, relevant, and high performance information, conversations, and education weekly. I need to be specific yet general in this conversation. And the reason for that is because I don't understand, or sorry, let me rephrase it. I don't know what value you're bringing to the table. So I'm going to talk in a general sense about some of the things that I focus on when it comes to value and how I move outside of the rate perspective, especially in the beginning parts of the conversation. So when we move from negotiating rate to negotiating value, okay, a lot of the times that's because the prospect doesn't put all the value on numbers. And what do I mean by that? So when you are building out your ICP, when you're building out your ideal client profile, the trick is to understand what questions to ask to disqualify the prospects as soon as possible so you don't necessarily get to the rate conversation. And for some of you, you might be saying, yeah, but then that's easier said than done. And sometimes it is. But, but here's the fact. I'll give you a couple of strategies and ideas to really get past those blocks, if you will, or to climb the mountain, give you the right vehicle to climb the mountain in the right way. So number one, when you're identifying if this individual is part of your customer profile, you have to take the main categories and ask those questions first. So for myself, I always will deal with prospects who become customers that really believe their logistics provider is a resource. Now, some of you might be saying, oh yeah, Dan, me too, I believe that. The question is, do you? And does it reflect in the business you operate? And for a lot of people, it doesn't. They say they do, but they're gonna take any business just to put numbers on the table. And that doesn't work, okay? Because eventually that catches up to you and then you start to play the rate games that all of you are looking at. So. When I do it, I say, what is your primary and secondary reason for adding or switching a service product? Now, this is, if I've done cold email outreach, I've literally addressed this in the cold email. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's kind of my entry point into the into the prospect. And does that meet what you're looking for? And if the answer is yes, then the conversation continues. If the answer is no, I simply move on. Like, here's, here's the thing that I really would like all of you to get. The amount of fish in this sea is almost infinite. It really is. When you're talking logistics. Now, if you have a specific niche that you're working in, then we get a little bit more narrowed. And if you have a niche inside a niche inside a niche, you get even more narrow. And as you narrow that field, there's a couple of things that happen. One, your message becomes way clearer because you're getting right to the heart of it. But B, it's sometimes a slower burn to raise the bar and scale your business. But that's okay, because that slow burn turns into a forest fire by the end. So these are a couple of things we really, really need to pay attention to, right? But if you're talking an FAK market and you're just, you're out there, you're selling, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're grinding, you're, in, you're the Marine, you're in the trenches, you're digging the ditches. That's where we have to get very specific at the type of people we wanna deal with. So I've had a lot of students come in and say, 
Hey, Dad, here's my pitch. I'd like to quote you on some business. So if you use anything to do with quote you on business, I'd like to give you some numbers to see. I'd like like any of those catchphrases, if you want. Um, you're setting yourself up for a customer, for the ideal client that you're looking for to be all about rates, right? When you set yourself up with different things like this is our biggest foot forward like this is our our superpower this is our gold mine this is what we do best as a corporation now as a corporation you might be like a lot of the logistics companies i worked for where you're kind of your own bubble inside the bigger web of the corporation so you have what the corporation does well so for example if you're an agent what does your agent see that you're work or the corporation you're working for that you're an agent for what is what are some of their superpowers and then you look and say, well, what is my superpowers? If you're cradle to grade, right? You're going right from literally booking to, or from prospecting to booking your own freight. What are your superpowers based in the underlining web of your company? So these are all things we really must know in order to negotiate value over price. Because if you don't know what value you bring to the table, you're never gonna be able to negotiate that over price. It's always gonna come back to price. Now. A little caveat here, because I know some of you are probably saying at this point, yeah, but Dan, hey, here's the reality. Price matters. And it does. You can have the greatest relationship with somebody, meaning you're building that relationship from a prospecting perspective, okay? You have the greatest relationship. And then it gets to a point where they say, you know what? I really want to work with you. Can you give me some costing on this? And you're hundreds of dollars higher. It's probably never going to happen. Now, the caveat to that caveat is when you're working with somebody and they see the value in what you bring to the table, money doesn't always make the end difference. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. I've had many customers, many, many customers say, Dan, I just had somebody call me and they're $100 cheaper. And I'm like, I'm sorry, in order to get you the value that you want, I can't be playing on load boards. I can't be playing in the spot market. I have dedicated costs that I have to adhere to. If you want to use that other supplier because they're $100, $200 cheaper, I get it. That's your prerogative, but I cannot do it. And I literally stopped the conversation right there. Now, I've had customers leave me for a few weeks and come back and go, oh my gosh, that was the worst, like, decision of my life. And I've had customers leave me and never come back. And that's part of the game. I chose very, well, I'm not going to, probably not early on, but about mid to third quarter of my business career over the last 30 years to say, I'm not playing in that sandbox. I'm going to build my own sandbox and I'm going to have prospects come and play with me because I believe the value that I have supersedes a couple of bucks. Now, that's what I believe. And a lot of the times, my customers, meaning the, when I say my customers, meaning the individuals I deal with, believe that too. But they have a boss, right? And their boss or their corporation or their mandates might be different than what they believe. And we come across this all the time, right? Just this week, I had a prospect where we were looking at, he says, well, here's kind of what I do. I throw you three numbers. If you're in the ballpark, like, like Dan, this is a numbers game. I believe wholeheartedly that once I find somebody, if they're a little bit more expensive, I'll always use them. Um, and I've explained that to my bosses. However, you can't be way out of the ballpark. 
And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll play in that sandbox for a little bit. So literally for three hours, we were sending emails back and forth and rates were going back and forth. And I'm going to say probably 20% we were in line with, 80% we weren't, but we weren't far off. So in a last, last I don't want to say last ditch effort, but in a last attempt, I said to my team, I said, is there any option we have here? Because we're not really far off. And if the volumes are where the prospect says they are, I'm sure we can work something to get a lot more business, obviously over a bit of period of time, because there has to be trust built, but where like $25, $50, $65 really isn't going to make that big of a difference. So working together, the three of us, we decided this is going to be XYZ approach that we're going to give to the customer. So we approached the customer and we approached them with the XYZ approach. And when I started to do the math on the percentage based on an LOA, based on getting uh, the ability to look at the entire scope of business. Now, that entire scope of business wasn't going to be given to me the day after. I know that. It's something we need to work into, but it's it's I'm taking numbers kind of out of the equation and I'm working on an overall structure of saying, okay, your mandate is 3% off this year. So normally I wouldn't look at it, but if there's over X amount of dollars in LTL on the table, I'll have a good gander at it. And we did. And we realized we're like in the ballpark of seven to 9% overall. Now, some lanes were 8% higher, but other lanes were 20% cheaper, right? So the overall encompassing picture turns that customer into an A-level client based on my ICP. And some of you might be saying, but Dan, it's, uh, you've just negotiated price. No, I didn't. I negotiated volume for a discount. So you see, I'm negotiating the overall freight movement for a discount. I'm not, and these are with dedicated suppliers and with our assets. So I'm not we're playing in the sand, the sandbox of the spot market. And each week we're losing a load for 25, 30 bucks. Like these are, these are all things we decided up front. This is how you, okay. This is how you operate. Okay. What if we were to do this? Would this be something you would look at? Yes. 100%. And we're talking the encompassing, but yes, 100%. Okay. That to me is a gold mine to move forward. Right. And not to mention, especially if you can take the entire structure, like the entire book of business and say, we can plug and play this. And this works with one customer. This works with another customer. We can consolidate here. We can like, now you have the ability to look far beyond just the load level. You're up in what we like to call like, for lack of a better term, um, an agency level for lack of a term, a consultant level with your prospect. And Yes, like I said, price in the end did matter. But if you need to shave 5% off, but in order to shave 5% off, I'm going to give you 100 times the volume we initially were talking about where you were $23 higher. That makes a big difference in the overall goals of you as a salesperson, of your mandates, and in your company. Because now your company's got it and says, okay, well, over the next six months, we're going to develop this relationship and build out this relationship to meet those objectives of that service level for all their business, right? And not only that, there's another level of play in here, right? Because 
the ideal way to negotiate all of this is you start at one entry point and you add a service, then you add a service, then you add a service, then you add a service. And a lot of us don't consistently add services because I think a lot of salespeople, they just get so caught up in the day to day. They don't look at the overall picture and turning each client into a possible five star customer. And what do we mean by five star? It means five plus services that you work with the customer on. And some people say, well, Dan, you know, how do you negotiate that in? And that's part of driving that value that you originally talked about. That's part of consistently leveling up your game with your prospects, with your customers, consistently leveling up and always getting better and better and better at your craft, mastering your craft, right? Like you're a pro. If you're watching this, you're a pro and a pro is constantly leveling up their game. And, and it's, it's not as if sales has ever changed. The psychological triggers are still the same. The functionality of sales goes back way beyond the 1900s. It's still, we're still human 101. We can have all the tools on the planet, all this tech, everything. We're still human 101. And the message we deliver still matters more than anything else. Doesn't matter the tech, doesn't, when it all comes down to it, it's a message you can deliver. You can deliver an absolutely horrible message to hundreds of thousands of people and not get traction. You can deliver an amazing message, focused message that steam, streamlined to take your ideal prospect and go, that's me, I'm raising my hand, I want that. And that can turn with 20 calls a day or 20 emails a day, that can turn into so much more business than unfocused spray and pray or carpet bombing as they call it so when you're negotiating price or sorry <laughs> you see when you're negotiating service over price just understand price will always be a factor but try your best not to let it be the main factor and that all starts with your messaging that all starts with the way you introduce yourself. That all starts with the first, second, third phone call, voicemail, email, DM. I don't care how you're connected. On a side note, however you are connecting, get insanely fucking good at it because that's what matters most. And so when you're negotiating service or value or opportunity over price, just understand that there's always one entry point and pick it. You know, they all, they, you've got, you probably all heard the saying before, if you chase two or three rabbits, you're not going to catch any. And this is what a lot of us do in our messaging is we don't chase the single rabbit, right? So if you're looking at value over price, right? If you're looking at opportunity over cost, if you're looking at, you know, being a consultant over being a freight broker or a scum of the earth freight broker or whatever the latest saying is that people have online just know there's always like choose one entry point that meets your icp the best because here's the thing you can always go back to all the ones in a couple of months that said no i'm not there right now hey wanted to let you know Here's kind of what we're looking at now. Does that meet your present needs? So just because somebody said no to your first primary kind of foot in the door idea, 
doesn't mean that down the road, they're not going to be open to it or to some form of idea that you then develop. Because again, in sales, it's constantly changing. So your first idea might be, okay, I'm going to protect my prospects. Like at this day and time right now, as we're, ta- as we're recording this, you know, I'm going to protect my prospects from what, po- what possibly might happen in the future. Right. Six months from now, if the market flips, as everybody's interpreting it to or predicting it will, right? If the market flips, it's going to be a different conversation that you're going to enter the door with. Like, are you sick of rates constantly rising as opposed to we're going to watch out for the? So you see your individual process, what you have set up as your like foundation to your business is going to be changing possibly even month to month. And we saw that we saw that a couple of years ago. Everything was changing every month. It's like you're constantly pivoting and shifting. And this is just what happens. This is the industry. But I'll tell you one thing that doesn't shift. If you always talk about price, you'll always get prospects that are price driven. And you'll always be the one that's quoting. I'll share a story with you before we go. When I was training over 130 reps in a single company, there was one rep that stood out. I mean, this guy was a hustler. This guy just grinded and grinded and grinded. And he was negotiating, wheeling, dealing. And you'd watch him work. And you're like, man, he's just all over it. He's putting all this effort and energy into it. And he, he probably, in that department, that the one department that his manager is about 20 people in that department, maybe 15, um, he was probably putting the most output. And he started to do really well. But everything was based on cost. His whole pitch was, I'm going to do it cheaper than anyone else, and I'm going to give you the value with the cheap price. I'm going to give you the filet mignon at dollar store prices. That was his pitch. And he was like, hey, this is just what I want to do. And I'm like, okay. As much as I tried to share with him how that in the end is going to lead to a downfall, it's going to lead to burnout, it's going to lead to huge issues, he wouldn't listen. So, But, but you know what? He was doing numbers, and I was like, okay, eventually you will see it. I can't force that down your throat, but I can tell you that eventually it's going to catch up to you. He's like, cool. It caught up to him when he decided to go on vacation two years into his, he didn't go on vacation for two years, two years into his employment. He went away for a week and a half. And in that week and a half, he literally went from about seven or eight grand to zero because no one that took over his business was working as hard as he did. No one that took over his business was like wheeling and dealing to the levels that he was dealing. And I remember when he came back, he's like, Dan, what happened? And I go, as much as I'd love to tell you, it was because, uh, you know, you had no freight. We had opportunities. We had about half the opportunities that you would have because the ops team that's managing hundreds of other accounts doesn't have time to call that customer four times a day and say, what's on tap now? What's on tap now? What's on tap now? What's on tap now? So a couple of things that I'd like all of you to understand from that story. Number one is the fact that when you consistently operate in a single way, you teach your customers, that's the way you operate. So by him inbound calling three times a day saying, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? When somebody does an inbound call, the the customer just goes about their day. So they're going about their day the way they normally would because everything comes to them. It's kind of like if you've ever always, so let's say, for example, you're nervous, afraid, whatever the word is you want to use, 
about calling customers when things go wrong and you only send them emails, there will come a point in time where you teach your customers that when you send emails, it's bad. It's just what it is. It's the way human nature works, right? It's like if you have kids, and I can remember this vividly. I remember our kids, we, we started at one point in time, started ordering dinner on Friday nights. And we did it for like three weeks. And on the fourth week, I started cooking dinner just because I didn't feel like ordering. And my gosh, it was like, well, we always order on Friday nights. Because because it's it's so this is the patterns as humans that we adopt into our life, and those patterns are are become our habits. So if if you've created a habit of your customer waiting for your phone call and they don't get your phone call because it's just like okay and they're going about their day they're busy they will forget about you. It's reality. So that's what happened to this gentleman. His customers forgot about him, and he realized at that point I need to change this because. I'm going to be stuck in the office 24, 7, 365 in order to generate a livelihood that nobody wants. So take this as a number one thing. When you're working in the world of logistics and sales, always go in with a single foot forward. Always understand that everything we do pretty much trains our customers on this is what to expect from us. So you're going to want to make sure that when you train your customers to understand what to expect, it's things that resonate with your long-term vision goals and ICP, ideal client profiles. Okay. This is critical, critical. So go in with a single foot forward. If that prospect individually says, you know what, not where I'm at, no problem. Put them a note in to get back to them in six months. Because maybe you have another foot that's going forward in six months. That's going to be the foot that they need. Right. That's the message. Always have the one foot. If you're going in with a message of rates, always be prepared to be in a negotiation period of rates, nothing else. Because value won't matter, service won't matter, none, no opportunity will matter, no, no goal attainment will matter. It will be all rates because you set the conversation up that way. That might seem harsh to some of you, and I'm sorry if it is, but the reality is you set up all the conversations about numbers yourself. And it's be how you interact with the prospect that set the, sets that table up. Until next time, my friends, go out there, make every call educational and crush your sales. Thanks for watching.